Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Characteristics of a Healthy Church. The title of Dr. Dorch's sermon today is Have a Plan. The big idea is God loves it when his plan comes together, and so will we. On this last Sunday of August, we prepare ourselves for what we believe will be a fantastic fall what God will be doing in each of our lives as well as in the life of our church. And over the course of this month, I've been talking about how we might position ourselves to experience that favor from God. We begin with the basics, believing in the Lord Jesus, submitting ourselves to God's authority as God's authority has drawn near to us in the person of Jesus. And dropping all of the excuses that we might pose so that God's authority might flow freely in and through us and understanding how critical it is for us to rid ourselves of anything, any clutter that might keep us from being vessels of God's power, mercy, and grace. And then, once we have done all of those things, making sure that we have a plan, one that ideally is sufficiently open to God's surprising grace in Jesus Christ. As you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua, and I'll begin reading with verse 1. Where the scripture tells us, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, see, behold, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around this city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark and on the seventh day march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a loud blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout, and then the wall of the city will collapse, and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it, And he ordered the people, advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. I've been reading of an interesting trend that has been emerging primarily among young adults, a trend that they like to call planned spontaneity. Think about that for a moment. Planned 
Spontaneity. Now, to me, I, I know that I am no longer a young adult. That seems to be an oxymoron, a contradiction in terms. How can you have planned spontaneity? But, as you now have become aware with technology, everything is possible. For example, your cell phones now have location services and you can download apps, applications that will enable you in the course of being out and about to be alerted when you are near, say, a favorite type of restaurant or your, your go-to coffee shop or you can even program the app so that when there are friends who are nearby, people in your contact list, you will be alerted. You'll get an alert on your cell phone. Hey, there's a Mexican restaurant that you might want to check out or there's this bohemian coffee shop that you might consider or here's one of your friends that you haven't seen in a while perhaps you can get together planned spontaneity I'm going about my business when suddenly I receive an alert that I might want to be sufficiently open in my plans to enjoy an experience that is nothing short of serendipitous. Well, I would contend that if we want to be able to go through this life in a spirit of planned spontaneity. Yeah, I got an agenda, got a list of things to do, but I am willing, I am willing to alter them to be a part of an experience that blesses my soul if you really want to go through this life with planned spontaneity, the best way, without any question whatsoever, is to be guided by a God, a sovereign God, who is steadfast, consistent, in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, a God that has something for each of us to do and along the way shows up in the most surprising ways to bless us, to favor us, to transform us through his grace. Nowhere in Scripture do we see this principle more apparent than in this story I've read for you this morning from the book of Joshua. Joshua and the battle of Jericho. And as Sharon has already reminded us, we've known this story since we were children. When we learned the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. But have we ever dared to believe that story to the extent that its message and the promise of its power 
might be known in our lives as we face those Jericho challenges. Those Jericho challenges that will inevitably come our way. How then can we, can we live into this promise? We come up with a plan. A plan that is sufficiently open to be surprised by God's presence, God's promise, God's power in transformative ways. For example, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we see how we are encouraged to have a plan that envisions God's victory, a plan that envisions God's victory. Now, vision is a, is a slippery notion. Now, you'll remember some years ago when one of our nation's leaders was criticized over his inability to get a handle on this vision thing. I personally thought that was an unfair criticism, but, but as someone whom God has called to a position of leadership, I certainly understand why vision is paramount for all leaders. Indeed, we might say that the primary purpose of a leader of any organization, whether you're talking about a country or a business, or an institution, or a local church. Or a local church is to be able to see things that others have not yet been able to recognize. And clearly in this passage of scripture, God's call to Joshua, who had now succeeded Moses as leader of the children of Israel as Joshua and the children of Israel were outside the city of Jericho was to begin to see what God might bring about if only they would trust their circumstance to him. And so in the second verse of this sixth chapter, the Lord says to Joshua, See, forgive me, there are times when I fall back on the King James translation because of how bold that translations sometimes can be. In this case, behold, behold, see? That seems a little bit weak to me, but behold, pay attention. I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Now what's interesting to note at this point in the Joshua story is that when God spoke this word of promise to Joshua, nothing, nothing was changed in terms of how Joshua might have been able to apprehend God's imminent victory. 
The walls were intact. The Canaanites were still inside. The king of Jericho was still on the throne. And yet precisely at this point, God says to Joshua, it's time for you to recognize that I am about to do a remarkable thing in your midst. And I wonder sometimes if the reason so very many of us fail to experience the surprisingly transformative power of God in our own lives is because of how we have lacked the courage to trust our challenges, our disappointing circumstances, our anxiety-provoking moments to a God who is capable of doing whatever God wills to do. This passage calls us to accept God's invitation to believe that God is capable of providing us victory over whatever comes against us in this life so that we come to experience the transforming truth that nothing can exasperate God's purpose from coming to pass in us and through us. I, I look at Jesus and how Jesus ordered his life around his vision of the victory that God would bring about and how on so many occasions Jesus saw things that religious people who should have been able to see those same things constantly missed. And how so many of those experiences occurred in, of all places, Jericho. Jericho. You remember the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector? Guess where Zacchaeus lived? and exercised his trade. That's right, Jericho. And as the Gospels tell us, on that day that Jesus invited Zacchaeus to come down out of the tree because Jesus wanted to be with him, to have fellowship with him, I'm going to your house today, when Jesus arrived at Zacchaeus' house, the religious people who observed what was taking place charged Jesus with consorting with a sinner. And yet, what does Jesus say to them about Zacchaeus today? This man has become a son of Abraham because of Zacchaeus' willingness to invite Jesus into his life and to have his soul changed to the point that he was willing to give to others four times what he had taken from them. I think of blind Bartimaeus. Guess where that experience of the healing of blind Bartimaeus took place? You got it, Jericho. 
Jericho. And it was there that his blind Bartimaeus was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. His disciples were trying to shush him. But Jesus could see the possibilities of the power of God working in his life. And when Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, not only was blind Bartimaeus reborn, in many respects, so were his disciples. And it was at Jericho where Jesus told his disciples, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to sinful men. He will be crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised to life. Jesus envisioned God's victory. Well, I wish I could tell you this morning that if you were simply to trust your circumstances to God, that would mean that immediately all of your challenges and your problems and your headaches and your heartaches would magically disappear. I cannot say that. what I can promise is what God promises. That when you trust your Jericho challenge to him, God shows up to do in your life what only God can do. Which leads to the second truth in this passage of scripture that in order to experience the fullness of God's favor, not only must we envision God's victory, anticipate it, even when the present situation appears as if nothing is going to be changed, we still, we still trust ourselves to God's promise. Then, then we must also make sure that our plans are ones wherein we follow God's directions. When we look at this story of Joshua and the victory that God gave the children of Israel over the city of Jericho, do you see the specificity? The specificity? The detail of God's instructions? To Joshua, march around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days and have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with a priest blowing the trumpet. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. And then, only then will the wall of the city collapse and the people will go up every man straight in. What is it with the emphasis on seven? Seven priests going in front of the ark of the Lord, marching around the city one time every six days, but on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. 
and then have the priest blow those trumpets and let all of the people shout and the walls will come tumbling down. The number seven in scripture, in all of scripture, represents that which only God can do. What this passage reminds us is that there are certain challenges in life that we will never overcome in our own power. You can try, you can try, you can try, but you will never rise above them until, until you trust in the direction that God gives you, which then and only then will enable you to know the power God promises to bring about. You look in the book of Genesis and on the seventh day, that was the day of rest. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You look in the book of Revelation and there you have the Son of Man who appears to John on the Isle of Patmos. And he is on the throne surrounded by seven golden lampstands and he holds seven spirits, seven stars in his hand. All of this, all of this representing the power of God that only God possesses. How many times have we failed to experience the power of God because of how we have not fully committed ourselves to God's direction? We have only done so in part. Imagine. Think for a moment of what would have happened if Joshua had said to the people, you know, we've done this for six days. I don't know why we have to march around this city on the seventh day seven times. Let's, let's just go ahead and do it one time and let's see how this thing works out. Do you think those walls would have come down? Of course. Of course they would have not come down and Israel would not have secured the victory. And yet so many times we come up with these plans that we ask God to baptize. God, here's my plan. Bless it. But we have not sufficiently followed to the letter the directions that God has given. It's not enough to have a vision of the victory that God promises until, like Joshua, we are willing to follow God's direction to the detail. And when that happens, we then see God showing up to do what is beyond our understanding, beyond our understanding. But in the face of how incomprehensible God's call may seem to us, our plan is one that seizes upon the opportunity that God makes available. See how all this works together? You envision God's victory. Your plan must have enough vision to imagine what only God can bring about because of your willingness to do precisely what God gives you to do so that when the moment arises for God to surprise us with his grace, 
We seize the opportunity. We do not hold back, even if we cannot fully comprehend what God is bringing about. You know, there are so many people who go through life with a ready, aim, 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 aim syndrome. Now, you know the saying goes, ready, aim, fire. Ready, aim, fire. But how many people do you know go through this life with a ready, aim, 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 aim. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to fire until I fully understand everything that is going on. Now, I understand as much as the next person the importance of due diligence. When it comes to business affairs in this world. But there are times. When faith in God calls us to walk to the edge of whatever light we have and then to take one step more into what appears to us from the perspective of light to be darkness, to take one step more into the darkness and a remarkably surprising thing always happens when we do that, that once dark place suddenly becomes filled with heavenly light, divine glory. We see this throughout Scripture. Throughout Scripture. In the book of Exodus, Joshua had seen it. The book of Exodus, the 34th chapter, as Moses is instructing the people of God as to how they are to proceed, the people of God respond to Moses, we will do, we will obey, and we will hear, we will understand. You notice the order, the order in which the children of Israel make their confession. It's not, let us understand and then we will do. No, we, we do, and then we understand. Lawrence Kushner wrote a book titled Jewish Spirituality, a Brief Introduction for Christians. Evidently, Kushner as a Jew felt like we Christians are woefully lacking in our willingness to trust situations to God because we think that before we can do that, we have to understand everything, everything about that particular circumstance that we are facing. And yet, when we, when we look at passages such as this one that is before us this morning, what is the final word that Joshua offers the people in verse 7? Advance! Advance and march around the city with the armed God guard going ahead of the ark of God. Advance! Advance. It's not a ready, aim, aim, aim syndrome. Let's wait until we understand how those walls are going to collapse. Advance. And God will give us the victory. In your own life, is there some challenge that you've been racking your brain to figure out how to overcome. How am I going to, 
how am I going to either win out over this challenge or how can I do a workaround so that I can take a detour and it's killing me, keeping me from flourishing. And you have not been able to devise in your mind a plan that adds up and makes sense. When scripture tells us that the greatest challenges in life are ones that we trust to God and when God says it's time to move forward, it's time to advance, we may not understand in full what's about to transpire. But if we trust that challenge, to a God who has surprised the world by raising his only begotten son from the dead. Who could have seen that come? Then be prepared. For the remarkably surprising things that God can do for you. Yeah, the real challenge in life is to be able to make sure that we have enough structure, enough structure to our everyday experience and at the same time to be prepared to adapt planned spontaneity. How do I have structure and at the same time be open to flexibility? When the story of Joshua tells us the best way to do that is to trust our days to a God who has a plan for each of us. We order our lives around that plan in faith. Not understanding. We believe in order to understand. We don't understand in order to believe. Anselm, 11th century church theologian. But at the same time, that sovereign God who has a purpose and a plan for all of us, isn't it uncanny on how many occasions that God surprises us? astounds us, amazes us by his grace. Trust your Jericho challenge to that kind of God and you will have the best of both worlds. The best of this world and every year you live in this world, you'll come to see that not only we have the best of this world, you'll also be promised the best of the world that is to come. Let's bow for prayer.
God, we praise you for the fact that you are not an arbitrary God. You are not capricious. Things do not catch you by surprise. You are a God who is steadfast and consistent in your purpose, your plan, your love, mercy, and grace. And at the same time, you are a God who surprises us by doing only what you are capable of doing. We thank you for Christ Jesus and the manner in which your grace has been poured out to us through him. As we have come together this morning with all manner of challenges and concerns, we trust them to you that we might move forward into the good future that you have for us to know. A fantastic fall and beyond. As we go in your way, through Jesus, in whose name we do pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.